Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the first ever football festival coming to River City Roll August 19th. We'll have live music, a couple great bands, a DJ, some prizes to give away. There's great food at River City Roll. And I'll take the stage at 5 p.m. for a football season preview show talking high school, college, and the NFL. We'll talk VMI, which is going to be cool because we're joined by VMI head football coach today at 2 p.m. The new coach, Danny Rocco, uh, Rocco will join us at 2 p.m. Randy's today on AWOD Radio. What's that? Randy from South Park going to be there talking about Florida. Oh, yeah. He's going to be there. We just heard from the uh, Richmond Hokie Club. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be here. UVA is going to be sending some people as well. Frank Maloney from Who's Talking. It's going to be a ton of fun, including our guest right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline from CBS 6. It's Lane Casadante. What's going on, Lane? Hey, Adam. Good afternoon. How's everybody? Going pretty well. What is the biggest sports story in your world today? Today, uh, it's actually the announcement from the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame that the induction ceremonies next April will be held at the new Henrico Sports and Events Center. Um, I actually just returned from there, uh, got an, an updated look at how it looks inside. They have 42 weekends already booked for 2024 uh, in their first year, first full calendar year of existence. They're going to host the A10 Women's Tournament, and now they're going to host uh, the Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremonies later in April. So um, Dennis Bickmeyer and his staff over there, have, they, their their grand opening is going to be in October, uh, and they are really hitting the ground running with this uh, facility that is drawing a lot of interest before it ever opens its doors. Absolutely. I mean, we had Dennis Bickmeyer in studio a couple weeks ago. He deserves uh, so much credit for the job that he's done uh, in a real short amount of time uh, already there in Henrico. Uh, how about high school football right around the corner? We've been talking about the goal this year. Instead of three state titles, Lane, we want to get four. <laughs> four, five, six, seven. There's, there's, there's seven that are given out. Uh, actually, I take that back. I think there's 10 that are given out statewide if you count the uh, the three uh, divisions in private school. Uh, that Well, excuse me, nine. I'm not doing my correct math. Uh, six public school classes and then three in the private school. So um, it's interesting this year, our three state title winners from last year, Trinity, uh, Highland Springs, and Dinwiddie, not only do all three of them open on the road this year with their seasons, they all open out of state. Dinwiddie and Trinity will both play teams from Ohio and Highland Springs is opening their season down in Miramar, Florida at head coach Lauren Johnson's alma mater to face another nationally ranked team to start off their season. It's going to be a ton of fun. I know that's going to be a big time matchup there. Let's talk a little college football here locally. And how about we start with the Sun Belt uh, and James Madison, the Dukes. I've got high expectations for the Dukes this year. It just sucks they won't be able to play in a bowl game. Well, people that watch them also have high expectations for them because they've been picked to win their division again, even though, as you said, with that archaic NCAA rule that they are not eligible for a bowl game, uh, which makes no, set, makes no sense on its surface whatsoever because if you're good enough to win your division, if you're good enough to play for your conference title, you should be good enough to play in a bowl game. Um, and, you know, I don't know what anybody thought JMU might do in their first season at FBS last year. 
but they had to surpass almost all expectations. Um, and if, you know, I know you've spoken with Kurt Signetti, and if you, you talk with him for five minutes, you'll know that he is not going to accept anything less than what they've already accomplished. Absolutely. Uh, another team that's going to be good locally this year, William and Mary. What have you, uh, have you talked with their coach at all before the season? Yeah, uh, Sean Robertson was actually down there on Monday, talked with Mike London and John Pius and uh, Yoder. The running back is back from this year, and um, they have not only did they have, you know, one of the best seasons in school history last year, but they have almost everybody back from that best season in school history. And uh, Sean uncovered something that I did not know and was shocked to learn that if uh, William and Mary wins 10 games again this year, uh, it would be the first time in school history they've gone back-to-back with double-digit win seasons. Even with all the great teams that Jimmy Laycock had there, he was never able to do that. Uh, last season, the loss at Montana State, 55-7. to uh, They are not shying away from it. In fact, it's been their main source of motivation throughout the offseason. Uh, and with everybody that he has back, again, you know, you're going to have to stay healthy. Everybody has to stay healthy. But uh, I would expect that starting out the season at number four, there's a lot expected of William and Mary, and they're, they, uh, I think they'll be up to the challenge. We are going around local sports here with Lane Casadante, the sports director at WTVR, CBS 6 here in town. He's joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer rug cleaning hotline. All right, let's get to the commanders, and I'm sure you're well aware of the story that went viral, national headlines, about Ron Rivera saying that there was a little bit of a concern with the players about Eric Bieniemy's coaching style. A football coach being too hard on football players. Lane, I can't believe we can't make this stuff up. It's unbelievable. <laughs> well, the thing that was disappointing to me is that in his, in his final press conference yesterday before their first preseason game of the year, Ron Rivera asked, answered 15 questions. Three of them were about what we might actually see tomorrow night. And the rest of it was about this made-up thing you know, okay, Eric Bieniemy yells at his players, okay? Any of us that have played football had a coach that yelled at us. That's what football coaches do. I think this might be something of a generational thing, but that's the old man in me saying that. But the other thing, I was up there for, for four or five days of practice when they first opened, and do you hear Bieniemy? Yes. Does his voice carry? Yes. Is he boisterous? Yes, he is. Did he yell at him? He absolutely did. But <clears throat> the main thing that I noticed him chastising the offense for was not getting out of the huddle fast enough. And I'm sorry for your, you know, your tender ears, but the clock isn't going to go slower just because you don't like being yelled at. (laughs) He wants tempo. He wants pace. He wants people to make decisions. He wants them to hear the play. No, go execute. Don't think just trust in what you have practiced, trust in what your coaches have set up for you and go execute. And that's what he's trying to accomplish And uh, I don't know if there are specific instances where he, you know, singled a player out and they didn't like it or whether they're, you know, they're worried about the pace of everything. But to be honest, this is not an organization and these are not players that have a history of excellence from which, you know, they can, they don't have a cachet in the bank of, Hey, we've done okay before doing it our way. You know, maybe you should lay off. No, they brought the enemy in to jumpstart this offense and to get this organization and team to a place where they have not been in a while. And 
you got to trust that the guy has had success. He knows what he's doing. Listen to him. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we had an owner for 25 years creating a distraction. Now the head coach is doing it himself. Here's what we're debating in-house here at 9:10 Lane. It's why did Ron Rivera think it was a good idea to be so transparent to the media? I mean, he's got so much experience being a head coach. He should have known that as soon as he said something about this, that the players were unhappy, that it was going to be a national story. Well, it's it, it, Ron has done this a couple of times, and I honestly think I, I think Ron is genuinely uh, he's a real nice person underneath, and he. You know, he has a, a rapport and a familiarity with a lot of the reporters up in D.C., and, I, and I, I'm convinced he didn't mean any harm by it. But, you know, and he's done it before. He's had to come out and clarify statements that he's made in the past. Um, and honestly, I, I didn't think it was a story the first day. I really didn't think it was a story when he felt he had to come out and read. He read a prepared statement right. <laughs> before he took questions yesterday. I don't think it's necessary. Um you know, as long as the players and your coaches and your staff inside the locker room know where, you, where you're coming from and what you're all about, the rest of us are just watching, and our opinion really doesn't matter. No, it was just a bad look because on the outside looking in, it kind of felt like the players are complaining, and Ron Rivera's answer was, well, Jack Del Rio is more experienced than Biennemi. And that, that's, to me, that's where he went wrong. Well, and he was just – he was trying to – and, again, I think he – I, I and I understand what you're saying, and, and you're not incorrect either. And I think Ron was just trying to make a comparison that all coaches, all coaching styles are different. Yeah. Um, and you know, Jack gets results with his style. It's not to say Eric wouldn't get results with his style either. Not every coach is going to fit into the same mold. And I think that was the point he was trying to make. But you know, in the way that we overanalyze every single statement mm-hmm. now. Uh, in this society, you you all and you know, and and then we you know you you take somebody to task for doing something like that, but then you complain when they give vanilla answers and don't tell you anything. So you, you, he's almost in a no-win situation. Lane, always appreciate you taking the time to join the show. Thanks so much, Adam. Thanks for having me. Have a great weekend. Yep, that's Lane Casadante, sports director here at CBS Six in town. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the Fan. So much Commanders coverage. If we were. You listen to AY Radio. Hail to the Commanders. This is the Kemi Mutombo. You listen to AY Radios. I'm going to block all your shots. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on a. Thirsty Thursday, August 10th. You're listening to the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now now at 105.1 FM, you're home for the Washington Commanders. During the regular season, all games can be heard right here on 910 The Fan with a pregame and postgame show as well. And tomorrow, the preseason begins for your Commanders as they travel to Cleveland to face off against the Browns. Yes, we're talking football, finally. Not not any more off-the-field drama, not this, you know, ownership change or a name change. We're talking some gosh darn football today. And that's the lead story on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some The phones are open. 
It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. Football fans, I want to hear from you. 833-804-0910. Over under six and a half regular season wins for the Commanders. 833-804-0910. Commanders fans, you can call in right now and be the quarterback of this segment. 833-804-0910. According to ESPN... The odds for the Commanders, they say, no one is anticipating efficiency from Sam Howell. But Washington figures to be playing from behind. So the volume should be there for Dotson, who is expected to fill in as the team's number one, or number two, opposite Terry McLaurin. Additionally, Jahan Dotson has some of the best hands in the league, regularly winning in contested situations. That skill figures to uh, his conversion rate rate allowing him an average of at least four catches per week noting Dotson's 4.4 speed and elusiveness in space he should manage a YPR yards per reception of at least 13.5 helping him comfortably clear 800 receiving yards this season so a lot of people are high on Jahan Dotson of course you're high on Terry McLaurin you heard this show yesterday, or excuse me, after I got off the air, Danny Ruye, not high on Curtis Samuel. Your boy. I mean, that's your X that's, that is my X factor for the Commanders oh. this season. And Danny Ruye was saying, you're going to see a lot more Diami Brown. And I totally did not like what Samuel. he was saying, but there was some truth in his negativity. There was some truth in his haterade because Curtis Samuel had his most catches last year, week one against the Jaguars. And week one, he looked like, oh my goodness, he's going to be the next Santana Moss for the Commanders. Then he disappeared. And he wasn't used other than being a gadget guy. Some end rounds, some handoffs. And the biggest game of the season that he needed to win against the Giants, he ran five times for five yards. Not a very good average. I didn't listen to the callers yesterday with Danny, but he was setting up a beautiful premise as far as sports radio goes because he's going to make a lot of people mad. And then he's going to, like get a lot of calls too in support of Curtis. I think a lot of people be. called in and, and agreed with him though. Because oh, really? the thing is is Jahan Dotson really shined last year and he missed five games. He's gonna be better than Curtis Samuel this year. Deami Brown's teaming up with Sam Howell again since college, right? They two went to UNC together. They're gonna be good. And there's also this guy Pringle I thought that was a nice chip, mm. but uh, he's shown up in training camp. So the enemy is going to want to use a tight end or some sort of matchup right. nightmare guy. And right. I don't know. Maybe that's Curtis's only shot. So the win total for the commanders set at six and a half, eight, three, three, eight, oh, four, zero, nine, ten odds to win the Super Bowl tied for 27th plus 8,000 odds to just make the playoffs. I do like this bet plus 280. For the Commanders to get into the postseason, that's also the 27th best odds. So a lot lot of people not picking the Commanders. ESPN says the key draft picks, of course, your first-round pick, Emmanuel Forbes, your second-round pick, Quan Martin, then your two offensive linemen, Ricky Stromberg, Braden Daniels. We haven't heard much about the edge rusher out of Clemson, K.J. Henry. I think that's because, obviously, Chase Chase Young is making all the headlines. You got running back. Chris Rodriguez Jr. out of Kentucky, and then another edge rusher, Andre Jones Jr. Your key additions, quarterback Jacoby Brissett. You know he'll end up 
in the lineup at some point this season. Offensive tackle, Andrew Wiley, coming over from the Chiefs. Your guard, Nick Gates. I'm very high on linebacker Cody Barton. Obviously, yep. Yep. Okay. I thought he was a very solid play, playmaker. Now, look this up. Where did I want to look it up? Where did Cody Barton start his career? Because he played last he's, year. He played for the Seahawks. With the Seahawks, but I, I believe he, he started. There, no, he. St- let me look this up real quick. He started his career. I want to say it was an, an NFC team. He started. No, he started with the Seahawks. I was wrong. Because I think I he think was Col- a rookie. They might have drafted him. I thought that he played and then got cut by another team. Maybe I'm wrong about that. They had good linebackers in Seattle last year. I mean, Brooks is a, he could be, you know, the best. But Barton got a lot of tackles and he's fast and he gets across, he moves across the field well. And Jamin Davis will find out August 31st, but he's most likely going to be suspended by the league. I I mean, how he's not. How do you go serve eight days in jail? At least, and not get suspended. Sucks because he was coming on last yep, year, but really it happened was. before. He became the Mike linebacker, and now he's dealing with a reckless driving from spring 2022. And then the other key addition, they mentioned, everyone's talking about it, offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. I mean, here's the thing. is I, I, I look at Eric Bieniemy, and I personally think he's an offensive genius. I really do. He's firing guys up. We heard um, from... Patrick Mahomes, that the way he calls plays is kind of opposite the way other people do, right? He goes with the formation first, then the play, and he's trying to make your his quarterback smarter that way, which I think is a very intelligent thing to do. Um, and Andy Reid's getting all the credit, which I don't know if he's deserving of all the credit when the team won two Super Bowls and the offense was number one in the NFL the last five years. Um, but Eric is making a huge impact, but I think you have to look at Eric Bieniemy's impact as... Well, how much better is he going to be than the guy last year in Scott Turner, right? It's not like he's coming in and taking over a team that was 4-12. and 12. He's taking over a team that was 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. And the offense was only scoring 19 points per game last year, 27th in the NFL. If they he's, can got, get, he's got a running game. If he can right? get four or five more points, he's they got sh- weapons. it should be much improved. The offensive line and quarterback are the big questions, right? Yeah. Um, here's what's interesting is the favorite future bet for the commanders this year it's Jahan Dotson over that 775 receiving yards. They like him to get at least 800. But they also gave us the commander's schedule here against the spread. So we know week one against the Cardinals, they're picked to win minus six. Broncos are picked to win week two in Denver, minus three and a half. I think that game is probably a pick em. Mm-hmm. Uh Week three, it's Buffalo at Washington. Bills are picked to win. They should be by four and a half. Then the commanders go to Philadelphia. And that's a minus seven for Philadelphia. I mean, that's a full touchdown spread there. They for, beat them last year? We did uh, when they were 11 and up. Yeah. But it was kind of fluky. I mean, they had four turnovers. And th- last year they were averaging like one turnover a game. So you look at the first four weeks of the season, the commanders are only picked to win one of those games. I think you have to find a way to be two and two. You have to find a way to be 500 after the first four weeks. Then it gets a little easier. All right, you're picked to win at home against the Bears. You're picked to lose in Atlanta to the Falcons in the Heineke game. I think you win that one. I really do. And I, I think you have to win that one if you expect to be a playoff team, plus 280. Um, and then it comes down to the Giants and Eagles, and that's the halfway mark of the season. I'm looking at this schedule right now, and I think after the first eight weeks, if the Commanders are not 4-4, four and four, 
you will not have a happy radio host from 12 to 3. <laughs> if we're not 4 and 4, I'm going to be calling for Ron Rivera's job. I'm pretty sure about that. You've already started. I have. Hey, because he started drama that didn't need to happen. He basically told everybody around the NFL that there's a coup happening inside of our locker room. And that people, they're calling for Scott Turner to return. They want the bland offense to come back. The basic bitch offense. They want it back. This is my take on this. DC has been so disgruntled, all the fans, (laughs) for the last two decades. You guys are still working your way out of that. We are. you're making something of nothing in this Ron Rivera wrote the headline himself when he said, yeah, players were a little concerned. You didn't need to say that. You didn't need to say that. And you know what? Everybody around the NFL circles are all agreeing with me. We're going to play some of that audio next on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. You're listening to AWOD Radio. It's Grant and Danny. Now on your drive home. Grant and Danny on the air. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. We'll talk some college football with the head coach of VMI, Danny Rocco, will join us today at 2 p.m. Find out the latest on conference realignment and the future of the ACC with Frank Maloney, who will join us at 2.30. But you heard it when we came back from break here. We are proud to be the home of the Richmond Flying Squirrels, who are at the Diamond for an extended homestand there until Sunday, August 20th. I've been back-to-back nights at the Diamond, having a ton of fun, and joining us right now, on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, play-by-play voice of the Flying Squirrels, Trey Wilson. What's going on, Trey? Adam, what's going on? Thanks for having me, bud. Absolutely, man. The crowds have been awesome this week at the Diamond. Yeah, yeah, we should be seeing that continue tonight. They just peeled the tarp off. I know it's been raining some this morning, but uh, we're looking forward to another great crowd tonight. Got some fireworks, and they got a red-hot first-place Squirrels team uh, facing – a buoy team that's got a bunch of uh, superstars on it right now. This is a great week to be out at the Diamond. Absolutely, and that's what's kind of interesting is it's always fun to go out to the Diamond and see the squirrels, uh, but you're right, you're going to see Jackson Holiday, and then the next week you get to see uh, some guys that might end up on the Washington Nationals, right? Yeah, that's the fun part about being in this league. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of great future San Francisco Giants to play here for the squirrels, and we've seen even just this year guys who were here back in April and May who are already having success in the major leagues, the Giants, uh, but, you know, the Baltimore Orioles, there's a lot of Orioles fans, and we've seen in the last couple of days uh, coming out to the ballpark uh, with, with the Bowie Bay Sox, the Orioles affiliate being in town. Uh, you know, they've got an all-star, Cedric Mullins, playing here with the Bay Sox this week on a rehab assignment. Uh, John Means is uh, through a no-hitter for the Orioles a couple of years ago, is supposed to start his rehab work tonight, pitching for the Bay Sox. The number one prospect in all of baseball, Jackson Holiday, is in town. Uh, who's, who's going to be a superstar with the Orioles at some point in the next couple of years. And the Squirrels have, a, have a, again, the first-place team, and, and they've been playing some very competitive games over the last couple of days. 
It's Trey Wilson here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can hear Trey alongside Blaine McCormick calling every Squirrels game right here on 910 The Fan. And Trey, i got to be honest with you, out at the park last night, I was not happy with a few of the calls. How did you feel about it? Uh, you know, umpires are umpires, and they, they get it <laughs> wrong sometimes. But, uh, I mean, Jackson Holiday had some, some – uh, some in, some frustrations with some calls too. He got ejected in the ninth inning last night, as did the Bay Sox manager. Uh, look, it's part of it. Um, it. It happens every game. It happens in the big leagues. Uh, our guys have done a really good job of rolling with uh, different things as they come this year, and, and uh, sometimes that means uh, you're not getting that strike call. You got to figure out another way to get out. And our guys are extremely resilient, and innovative in the ways that they. Find that find ways to win games. It's a super talented bunch. Trey, we are very proud to be partnering with you guys at the Flying Squirrels. Every game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan. And, and you do such a great job uh, working with the community and getting people out to the diamond. And uh, there's an interesting article on Richmond.com right now I've got to ask you about. From check swings to checkmate, how Squirrels pregame chess matches sharpen players' minds. I'm a huge chess player myself. Do I need to try to get to the clubhouse before a game this season? <laughs> I don't know if you can get into those games. It's, it's a madhouse sometimes. <laughs> uh, it's a crowd around with a table in the middle of the locker room. Um, yeah, you know, this. the, the last couple of years we've had some it, – it's interesting. It's You know, there's the stereotype of the baseball player and the athlete as being these meathead, <laughs> uh, you, you know, type of guys, but that is – couldn't be further from the truth, especially with the players that we've had here over the last couple of years. We've had several Ivy League alumni. Uh, they, I mean, one of the mottos for the team is "Think different," and, uh, and they definitely do. And uh, baseball is such a thinking game, anyway. There's so many different things that go into every play. So uh, the chess is a good way to to get the to get the brain rolling before they take the field uh, to get their minds. Uh, 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 warmed up is you know they, they have all different kinds of things they do to work on their their bodies physically uh, to get ready for each day you guys would not believe the amount of work that they do every day it's not like they show up here at at five o'clock for a 6 30 game you know they're they're here at 12 o'clock most days one o'clock to get their bodies physically ready for the game but the brain's a big part of it too and chess is a good way and and they're competitive they're, they're competitors by nature so uh, you know they've got some uh, chess is a good way to get the brain going, and there's a winner and there's a loser. So it's, uh, you get the competitive side of it, too. So I, I might be going to another game tonight, try to make it back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back nights at the Diamond. So give me a little game preview for tonight. Who do the Squirrels have on the mound? Yeah, John Michael Bertrand is going to start tonight. He's a pretty fascinating story. Uh, he's a left-handed pitcher. He was just drafted last year to Notre Dame, where he was uh, an all-conference and all-ACC pitcher there. Um, he's he's a strike thrower and he gets out. His brother, he comes from an extremely athletic family. His his dad was a professional rugby player over in Europe, and so was his uncle. And they both came over to the states, and they were both Division One college athletes. On his mom's side, he's got a a grandfather that played Division One college football. His brother is a superstar linebacker at Notre Dame, J.D. Bertrand. So there's some athleticism running in this family. And John Michael here is trying to get to the big leagues. Uh, but right now, he's trying to get out to the Flying Squirrels. He's going to be on the mound tonight for Richmond. Uh, the Bay Sox are scheduled to have – this is always tentative with these situations, but uh, they're scheduled to have John Means pitching on a rehab assignment from the Baltimore Orioles. So it's going to be a good matchup of a couple of left-handed pitchers tonight. 
It's Trey Wilson with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Trey, I told one of my buddies he was having you on, and he uh, wanted me to ask you this question. I don't know if you're going to know the answer, but this is from Matt and Scott's edition. Is there any up, chance – yeah, right? He's a, he's a big fan. He listens to you all the time. Is there any chance the new ballpark will have seats in the outfield? What are the minor league rules about that? There are no rules prohibiting that, that's for sure. There are some parks in this league. Uh, that have outfield seating. I can't give away too much on what the new stadium is going to look at, uh, look like. Uh, a lot of that is still to be determined. Uh, but I can say that most of the new stadiums that open up have what we call a 360-degree concourse. As in there are, you can walk just like at Nats Park or at, at Camden Yards. You can walk all the way around. I don't. I can't say anything about what this Richmond ballpark is going to look like. But pretty much every minor league stadium that's being built these days has has one of those. Wow. Um, that's what if I was designing it, that's what I would want to see. Yeah, I love to hear that, Trey. I'm definitely going to pass that along to Matt. Um, is there anyone hotter in the lineup right now than Matheny? There's nobody on the planet hotter right now than Shane <laughs> Matheny. Uh, he's he's on a ridiculous tear. Shane has been, a, you know, there's so much turnover in the minor leagues, and Shane's been here uh, parts of the last three seasons and. He has really grown into his first year. He was a good defensive player, but he didn't hit for a lot. And then last year, he, he had one of the best offensive seasons of anybody in this league. And now he's here, and uh, he's it's a, he's getting on base more than half the time, which in, in baseball is a ridiculously high success rate. Uh, he had that home run last night. Uh, it's been great to watch. A couple of years ago, Shane was the favorite player of the University of Richmond uh, defensive line they came out and chanted his name for some games and they loved Shane because <laughs> they loved his grit his grit and his hustle uh so if uh, if you're if you like gritty hustle players who can also lean and hit some home runs I think Shane Matheny might be a good pick for your favorite ball player love to hear that squirrels are batting well and they're playing against a couple future major leaguers uh, in the Bay Sox what other promotions do you got going on this weekend yeah, so we got some fireworks coming up tonight. Uh, that's that's always a big one. Uh, 6.35 p.m. first pitch tonight. Uh, the series rolls on tomorrow. It's an Ardias Valadoras night. We'll have a – you'll like this. Uh, it's a soccer kit T-shirt giveaway coming up tomorrow. Uh, we're going to celebrate football and fun bills. So soccer-themed promotional night at the baseball game tomorrow night. Uh, those T-shirts will be given out to the first 1,000 fans, 15 and under. I'm sorry, 15 and older. So you're you're in that category, right? You, you can get one. <laughs> yeah. uh, presented by Virginia 811 and Dominion Energy. Uh, there'll be more fireworks on Saturday night. We've got Grateful Fans Night. Uh, you know, uh, nod to jam bands. It's always a popular night. There's always good live music going on pregame. And then uh, Sunday we'll have the Squirrels Headed Beach Style giveaway for the kids, uh, ages 14 and younger, presented by Pepsi and Star. Plus, Sundays are so great to bring the family out. You can. We let you come out on the field and throw the ball around from 1245 to 105. Uh, you can go throw the ball around in the outfield. And after the game, the kids get to run the bases. So Sundays are a great family day. And then we got a whole other week after that. So there aren't a lot of home games left this regular season, but we've got a bunch in a row right here. So make sure you come out to the ballpark. And you can hear every game right here on 910. The fan, Trey Wilson alongside Blaine McCormick. Follow Trey on social media, Trey Wilson 757 Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. Talk to you soon. Yep, good talking to you, Trey. This is AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio fan now at 105.1 FM. Richmond Sports Station of Record. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. 
here on the new sports radio 910 the fan now at 105 1 fm richmond's home for the first ever football festival coming to river city roll august 19th from 3 to 7 p.m you can expect live music we got two great bands chris leggett and then flight club dj dukesta and i'll take the stage at 5 p.m for a full football season preview show well i will talk where i will talk high school college and NFL with some special guests, Gary Czar, Gary Hess, the Czar, and the sports director here at WRNL, the voice of high school football now for 30 years, Lane Casadante, Bill Roth from Virginia Tech, Dave Rigert from James Madison University, uh, Ted Alexander from ODU. we got a bunch of special guests coming out to River City Roll August 19th. Uh, Zach, I mentioned this festival that's going on this weekend. I found out what it's called. It is Jam Packed. Craft Beer and Music Festival going down at Browns Island where they will have pigeons playing ping pong. And my friends say they're an awesome band. I've never heard of anything on Browns Island. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So go to that Saturday, Sunday, Watermelon Fest. I mean, we're going to have a great weekend here in the 804. You're good if you're single. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Pigeons playing ping pong. What a great name. Circles Around the Sun will perform as well. And it's all going down at Browns Island this Saturday. Tickets are available live, liveloudva.com. Should be a ton of fun. So we're uh, trying to connect here with VMI's head coach, Danny Rocco. We'll get to him in a second here on AWOD Radio. Uh, but as we try to catch up with him, I'm going to go back to talking about the commanders here for a second. As we've got our first preseason game tomorrow. First preseason game tomorrow. And Sam Howell will get the start against the Cleveland Browns. The question is, how many snaps will he take? And what do you want to see from Sam Howell stat-wise to get you excited for him to be QB1 coming into the season? The number one thing for me is no turnovers. Right, He's got to hold on to the football. Hopefully he doesn't have any fumbles or interceptions. That's the number one thing that I'll be looking for from Sam Howell. From Sam Howell this Friday against the Cleveland Browns. There's a good article from our buddy Sam Forte on the Washington Post, and he says that RPOs, run pass options, will be key in the commander's offense, and Sam Howell is thrilled uh, because he did a lot of that in college at UNC. The article says that in 2018, Philadelphia used RPOs to help upset the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Last year, Washington upset Philadelphia in part because the commander's defense disrupted the Eagles' RPOs by attacking the match point. RPOs are going to be a big part of the commander's offense this season. All right, here it is. Joining us right now as a very special guest. Make some noise. Joining us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, new coach for VMI, Coach Danny Rocco. What's going on, Coach? Hey, Adam, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How excited are you for the start of football season, man? Well, I'm excited. I, uh, you know, It's kind of one day at a time. I think we're working hard and we're having a good camp and Guys certainly came back uh, in good shape and ready to go. So I think we've been very productive. Uh, So we're just um, trying to make a little progress every day. Coach Rocco was hired in December at VMI after serving as a senior analyst for the defensive side of the ball at Penn State. Uh, Tell my audience a little bit about your history here locally in Richmond. Well, um, I think the neat thing for my wife and I is – in our first uh, 
12 years of marriage, we lived in eight different states. So I was really all over the country uh, working as an assistant coach at the BCS level, and I, I coached a year in the National Football League with the New York Jets. Then I followed Al Groh to Virginia in 2001. So I went to UVA as the assistant head coach. So after spending um, – you know, those first 12 years of marriage in eight states, we spent the next 16 years here in the state of Virginia. So I was the assistant head coach at UVA for five. And then in 2006, we took over the Liberty program. Uh, we were there for six seasons. And then we spent five seasons uh, down at the University of Richmond uh, before I went on to the University of Delaware. So, you know, 16 years in the state of Virginia, uh, you know, both my son, David, and our daughter, Amy, uh, they pretty much, you know, grew up in Virginia, went to high school and, and on to college. Dave went to Liberty. Amy went to UVA. So in a lot of ways, Virginia is, you know, home for us. Um, so having a chance to come back to the state and back to the region, the area, we have a lot of friends in Charlottesville and Richmond. And and I had great respect and admiration for the players and the institute here at VMI just being in the state here for such a long period of time. Love to hear that, Coach. Really does feel like the perfect fit. Uh, so you have so much familiarity with Virginia and recruiting. Uh, how is that going to help you at VMI? Well, it better help us. So, I, mean, <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like we're, we're we are going to be very thorough in state, you know, and we're going to recognize the importance and value that we can get from all areas of our state, you know, and um, I know at other schools in years past, you might've focused more, you know, in Northern Virginia or down at the beach or obviously Richmond's got a lot of really talented players. And, uh, but I think for us, we really, really want to look at the whole state, you know, be willing to go to Southwest Virginia, uh, you know, certainly be willing to go to all the other areas that are prominent areas down south and Danville. And, um, but, you know, we probably have more VMI alumni in Richmond than any place else in the country, let alone here in the state uh, of Virginia. So we've we've done well in Richmond. Uh, we've had a history of doing well in the city of Richmond and uh, uh, certainly look forward to continue to recruit that area uh, and get back in uh, with those coaches. Coach Rocco with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, head coach at VMI. And you've got a lot of starters coming back. I know you've got to be fired up about that. Is it 11 starters coming back from last season? Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I think the interesting thing about our roster, it's kind of a um, – it's got a real mix to it. We have a, a solid group of returning veterans. And then we have a, a good pool of, you know, young talent. We just don't have a lot of depth. You know, this is a, a school a program where you're not going to have, you know, deep numbers and scholarships at certain positions. And from year to year, roster management is probably the biggest task. Um, you know, we do not take transfers here into the Institute. And like, I wouldn't say we categorically can't or won't, but it really doesn't come on many guys radar to transfer into uh, VMI, you know, so uh, you're kind of juggling your roster. Uh, and I think you got to do a really good job of being able to evaluate and develop talent. 
but we have a good mix right here this year. And, uh, you know, obviously I wish we had a little more depth. You know, it's kind of that's kind of the day-to-day uh, reality as you kind of try to get the things you want to get done at practice, knowing that some areas are much deeper than others. You know, you got to be able to gauge how to go about being as efficient as you possibly can. Coach Rocco, tell me a little bit about your quarterback, Colin Ironside. I know he started some games as a as a redshirt freshman, four games last year, and was named the starter before he got hurt. Tell me a little bit more about your quarterback. Yeah, I tell you what, I really like uh, Colin Ironside. He is a very, very mature uh, veteran player. Um, he's got good size. He's got good arm talent. Uh, he's really uh, very intellectual. Uh, he's smart. He can get in and out of the right play. He can make the right decision. Uh, he got hurt last year, but he's had enough experience, you know, to be an experienced player here and in the system. Uh, Colin uh, Shannon, who is uh, right now the, the, the backup, and they're competing. Uh, Colin's uh, got a strong arm. He's got good velocity on his arm. He's, he's a really good down-the-field thrower. Uh, he's athletic. Uh, you know, probably, you know, gaining knowledge here every day with the system and comfort in the system. So I feel good about that. You know, it, it's kind of – um, you know, obviously you need to have depth at that position. And then, uh, um, you know, we got a couple younger guys we brought in here this year that are, you know, really off to pretty good starts in terms of what they've been able to do and learn uh, throughout the course of our summer skills and summer two. Cade Cox is one, and then Chandler Wilson is another. So, um, you know, that's a position that needs to be good for us. And, uh, should be a solid position here as we head into the fall. Talking VMI football with their head coach, Coach Rocco, on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Uh, season's fast approaching. First game September 2nd against Davidson. Uh, what parts of the offense and defensive side of the ball do you want to improve on over the next three weeks here? Well, there's a lot of things I, I really want to see us improve on. I, I do feel, though, that um, – um, we, we got a good group of running backs. Um, uh, I know uh, Rashad Raymond has got has had a good run here, uh, and uh, Grant Swinehart and Hunter Rice are guys that have carried the ball here in the past. You know, so I really want to see us make some improvement here in the run game. I feel like uh, right now the combinations in our offensive line are kind of day to day, you know, as we're kind of looking at the roster and, and looking at our depth and we got to really settle in there on the offensive line so we can get the continuity we want to have and the balance we want to have. I really want to have balance running and throwing the football. Uh, we got a good group of receivers. We have a nice, talented, experienced group. And uh, I just don't feel like we can get that pass game going without the ability to get that run game started. So, uh, I think that's probably the one thing offensively I'd like to see us uh, really improve on here, just kind of establishing that line of scrimmage uh, and be a line of scrimmage football team so we can have the kind of balance we want to have. Uh, defensively, um, we're, we're really throwing a lot of stuff at our offense. We're basing out of the 3-4 defense, but we're very multiple. Uh, so we're creating problems for our offense right now. Uh, but I don't know how much of that is just due to chaos, you know, versus uh, 
We just got to be able defensively to be maybe a little more sound in some of the things we're doing. Uh, we're doing a lot. Uh, we're creating a lot of problems, but I think we're probably um, also giving up too many big plays. So I think defensively kind of start settling in here the next couple weeks and being a little more sound and making sure we're not, you know, giving up big plays and uh, uh, be a little bit more um, in position on a more consistent basis. Uh, we've been creating a lot of havoc on defense, you know, but with that havoc has opened the door for some, some big chunks down the field and, uh, and we can't really uh, win that way. Coach, thanks so much. I know we've got a ton of Kedet fans here in Richmond, so I look forward to catching up with you again throughout the season. Thanks so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan.